Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everyone, to the 130th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Woohoo! This podcast is being released on September 13th. And today I've opened the cart to my Power Your Parenting program, helping moms reduce conflict and drama, reclaim their lives, and create a great connection with their teen. What is this and who is it for? This is for a group of like-minded moms who want to enjoy their life more and enjoy their teens. It's for moms who are exhausted from trying to be the perfect mom. It's for moms who want to grow as a person and as a parent. And for moms who need a safe place to tell their truth, just be honest and be authentic. We'll meet together for seven weeks. Every day you get a lesson, encouragement from me, both in audio and PDF form. And once a week, you will get to experience Colleen live. I'll be your coach, and you can ask me anything. This is going to be a small group of moms, and you will get individual attention from me. Power Your Parenting program starts September 27th. If you want to know more, email me at colleen at dialdownthedrama.com or go to my website, and you can email me from there. And tell me why you're interested in the Power Your Parenting program and we'll see if you are a good fit. It will definitely sell out because I limit the size so that I can really get to know you. It's really one of my most favorite things that I do because I get to know you, my listeners, and because this program works. And I love seeing how your life and your relationship with your teen, it's going to change in a positive way at the end of the seven weeks. Okay. This podcast was inspired from talking to one of my moms that I coach. In our session, she was trying to figure out if she was a good mom or a bad mom. And let's be honest, probably every mom listening today has at times wondered if she was a good mom or a bad mom. Now, this is not something that you talk to other moms about, usually. This is a conversation that runs through your head, especially when your teen has been extra defensive with your own self. Like, well, am I a good mom? Or just, do I have a horrible teen? This unconscious debate in your head never ends up feeling good and never changes anything. So today, we are going to dive deep and really examine this good mom, bad mom phenomena. But before I jump into that, we are going to back up and examine mindsets. So what is a mindset? When I googled mindset, this is what came up. Your mindset is a set of beliefs that shape how you make sense of the world and yourself. It influences how you think feel, and behave in any given situation. So mindset is a very powerful thing. If it influences how you feel, think, or behave in any given situation, I mean, that's huge. And many of us are too busy to ponder, what is my mindset? Many of us have never really chosen our mindset or are even aware of what our mindset is. 
but we still have one. Often our mindsets come to us by default. Our mindsets can be influenced by our culture and those closest to us, our values, and most importantly, our mothers. Lots of these beliefs unconsciously stick to us like Velcro. They feel true because those thoughts are in our heads throughout the day, but they are not helpful in any way. I talk about this in my Power Your Parenting program. I call these unhelpful beliefs powerless parenting messages because these messages leave us exhausted and cause us lots of suffering and they don't make us good parents. So not all mindsets are good for our well-being or our parenting. Now, let's look at how Carol Dweck defines mindset. And you can find out more about her powerful work by watching her TED Talk or reading her book, Mindset. In this book, she talks about a fixed or growth mindset. And here's how Carol Dweck defines a growth mindset. It's about believing people can develop their abilities and their personality. According to Dweck, in a fixed mindset, people believe their basic qualities like their intelligence or talent or personality are simply fixed traits. They spend their time documenting their intelligence or talent instead of developing them. So, to best understand a growth or fixed mindset, you need not look further than your own teen. A fixed mindset in your teen drives you, the mom, crazy. Teens can blurt out their fixed mindset, especially when they are upset, frustrated, or unhappy. It sounds like this. Well, I will actually change how they actually say it because they use lots of expletives. Well, here's my version. I can't do math. I can't speak in front of a classroom. I can't do science. I can't pass that test. I tried and I failed. I did what the coach said, but I'm the worst on the team. I'm just not good at dance, and I'm definitely not creative. That's just who I am. I don't fit in. I can't do it. I can't sing. I'm not smart. And when your teen talks this way, it's so frustrating because you try to say things like, well, you just need to study, or you just need to try again. I mean, you can do it. When you're dealing with a fixed mindset in your teen, it feels like you are trying to push a thousand tons of resistance. And why is it so hard to try to get your teen to budge? It's that your teen really thinks it's true. They think that if they study, it won't help because they just really can't do math. Or if they don't think they're good at meeting people, they won't try. They will put all their energy in staying away from people. They think they're really stuck, and that there's nothing they can do about it. it. seems futile. Actually, more than that, it feels impossible. They get defensive. They don't want to humiliate themselves by trying out for softball because they could fail. So they strongly refuse. But you, the mom, sees how that affects your teen. You know that their mindset impacts their behavior and how they feel about themselves. It causes them lots of suffering causes a lot of anxiety, sadness, and self-judgment. It causes them to wall up and pretend around others. It can cause them to ruthlessly make fun of others so that they can feel better about themselves. Either way, it hurts their self-esteem. 
They compare themselves to the kids in class or to their siblings. They constantly are trying to prove they are okay when really deep down they feel flawed, like I'm weird or I'm a loser. They play it safe. They won't try out for soccer because they believe they can't do sports. A fixed mindset can rob them of all that great dopamine when you see that you're making progress. A growth mindset in your teen is the opposite of that. They believe if they put the practice in, they will get better. They're open to new information and strategies from teachers, instructors, coaches, and mentors. They will listen to new ideas or feedback. And when I was a dorm mom for Point Park University for their summer dance intensive, I watched these teens with growth mindsets take risks and try grand jetés across the dance floor, most of them fumbling and stumbling, but trying their hardest because they believed if they worked at it, they would see progress, they would keep showing up day after day, trying their best. And these teens who believed they could learn something even if it was hard, voluntarily got out of their comfort zones. They took a risk, put the effort in, and received feedback from their dance instructors. And the result was they were able to master these awesome leaps. A growth mindset is still hard, but it pays off because your teen sees that they can do something they didn't think was possible. They feel encouraged, hopeful, excited. It builds confidence. It helps them feel more connected to others because they can be real and vulnerable, open and let others in. If we were having coffee together, you might tell me, my daughter has a fixed mindset about chemistry, but she has a growth mindset about friendships. Or my son has a growth mindset about guitar, but a fixed mindset about his academics. Yes, most of us are a blend of fixed mindset and growth mindset. The biggest challenge of the fixed mindset is that you really believe it's true, especially when you've experienced some kind of failure. And in teens, a big contributor to this fixed mindset is their undeveloped prefrontal cortex and their emotional immaturity and volatility, where they tend to see things in a binary, all-or-nothing way. Because when you are dealing with some sort of failure, this can trigger shame, which puts teens in a protective mode. And so they get reactive and are ready to strike like a wounded lion in the corner of the cage. If you approach the lion, they will lash out. Okay, now you have an idea about what a fixed mindset or a growth mindset is. In her book, Dweck writes, What are the consequences of thinking that your intelligence or personality is something you can develop as opposed to something that is a deep-seated trait? Your view of yourself can determine everything. If you believe that your qualities are unchangeable, the fixed mindset, you will want to prove yourself correct over and over rather than learning from your mistakes. She continues, In a fixed mindset, intelligence is static. It leads to a desire to look smart and therefore a tendency to avoid challenges. You get defensive and give up easily. You see effort as fruitless or worse. You ignore useful negative feedback. You feel threatened by the success of others. As a result, you may plateau early and achieve less than your full potential. In a growth mindset, intelligence can be developed. 
This leads to a desire to learn and therefore a tendency to embrace challenges. You persist in the face of setbacks. You see effort as a path to mastery. You learn from criticism. You find lessons and inspiration in the success of others. And as a result, you reach for even higher levels of achievement. All right, some of you may be thinking, wait, you were talking about that good mom, bad mom phenomenon, and now you went into this huge diatribe about mindset. Yes, I know, but I'm about to tie it together. I believe the good mom, bad mom phenomenon is a fixed mindset, like you are either good or bad. And just like the Wizard of Oz, you hope that you are Glinda, the good witch, with your wand and big white ball dress, oozing out love, kindness, and goodness. You don't want to be that bad witch, especially because she's green and she has a crackly voice. Well, maybe in the movie it's clear who is the good witch or bad witch. And we are smart, and we can tell the difference. But in real life, it's hard to know, was this a good mom move or a bad mom move? If my teen is really mad at me, does that mean I'm a good mom or a bad mom? Or when our teens don't meet our expectations and their grades drop, or you find white claw cans in their room or weed in their car, or when they stumble through the door at 3 a.m., well... Are you a good mom or a bad mom? Let's look at some of the signs of a fixed mindset. If you're trying to figure out if you are a good mom or bad mom, are you constantly trying to prove to yourself and your kid or partner or others or friends or the moms around the world or your mom that you really are a good mom and not a bad mom? Do you sometimes see your effort as fruitless Do you ignore useful negative feedback? Do you feel threatened by moms who seem to have the perfect teen? Much of this good mom, bad mom phenomenon is unconscious, but this mindset impacts our feelings. We can feel discouraged, anxious, and even depressed, and definitely exhausted. It impacts your behavior because you may just quit trying or you go into overdrive and try harder and harder, but this effort is futile. Because you're doing the same thing over and over again that at some level you know just doesn't work. There's a lot of judgment with the good mom, bad mom phenomenon. We judge ourselves, we judge our teens, and we judge other moms, and we judge our partners. And where there is a lot of judgment, there's a lot of shame, where we feel like we failed. And where there are a lot of strong feelings, there's a lot of drama. This fixed mindset of good mom, bad mom ultimately dials up the drama between you and your teen. So let's pull back the curtain. What does good mom really mean? Well, good mom means perfect mom. A good slash perfect mom who is all-knowing, all-loving, all-giving, beautiful, never gets frazzled, always says the right thing, can manage a thousand balls in the air with ease, and never, never makes one itty-bitty mistake, because if she does, then she will instantly turn green and wear an ugly black dress and have lots of huge warts on her face. 
And to be a good slash perfect mom, her teens need to be good slash perfect and never, ever be in bad moods and always make the right choice. Always be grateful and respectful. Always be cheerful and loving and appreciative and is always on top of their homework. They never, ever make a bad decision or have a bad thought and would never, ever act on that thought. Do you see how absurd that is? This puts unrealistic, impractical, improbable expectations on you and your teens. I don't care if you're Christian and Jewish, Muslim, or believe in the universe. This just won't happen. It's science. Your teens are hardwired to make mistakes. Their brains are not fully cooked. This good mom, bad mom mindset dumps a ton of pressure on you and your teens. Realistically, you will fail. And you're going to fail your teen. And your teen will fail. And in a fixed mindset, this is hell on your feelings. You'll be anxious, angry, frustrated, sad, and completely depleted of joy. Okay, then if this fixed mindset doesn't work, what would be a growth mindset for moms? In other words, what do we replace good mom, bad mom with? I suggest that you replace it with the invested mom. So instead of asking yourself, am I a good mom or a bad mom? You ask yourself, am I an invested mom? So how does being an invested mom lend itself towards a growth mindset? An invested mom is invested in her growth and becoming the best parent she can. An invested mom accepts that growing is a lifelong process for both her and her teen. So therefore, she accepts that good-slash-perfect mom is ridiculous. It's time to bury the good-slash-bad mom phenomenon for literally your own good. There are no perfect moms or perfect kids. How boring would that be, really? Well, on those bad days, it would seem like heaven, actually. Invested moms accept their imperfections, know that they will have bad days, times they say things they regret to their teens, they will think unpleasant thoughts about their teens, and even have days that they don't like them very much. But invested moms are realistic. The parenting a teen is really, really hard. Because they give themselves grace, then they can give grace to their teens as their teens fumble and stumble through adolescence. In other words, mistakes and failures are just part of the deal. We live in a culture that showcases the spectacular. You know that two-year-old who knows all the state capitals? Well, there's this pressure on our teens, especially, to be amazing at everything, which leads you and teens to believe if you just try, you can literally skate over hardships and troubles and be a superstar. Now, is that what your life looks like? Well, I know mine doesn't, and every other mom I've ever talked to. We are led to believe, because our kids are super smart, that they are emotionally smart, too. That's just not true. You can't microwave emotional maturity and character in yourself or your teens. Oh, how I wish you could. Often it takes slugging through the muck, sometimes for weeks or years at a time. I don't mean this to be a downer. I just want to normalize what it's really like to raise a teen. So the real hero, 
is the invested mom because she keeps getting up every morning and tries again. She is not afraid to own her own mistakes or be kind to her teens when they jump in the pit of their own making. The invested mom rises from the ashes, is truthful to herself, and does not give up on her life or her relationship with her teens. She knows things can get better. So let's revisit the growth mindset and apply it to the invested mom. Invested moms know they and their teens can develop. This leads to a desire to learn for both mom and teen, and therefore a tendency to embrace challenges. You persist in the face of setbacks. You see effort as the path to mastery. You learn from criticism. You find lessons and inspiration in the success of others. And as a result, you reach for even higher levels of achievement. This is an invested mom. So you may say, I'm stuck in the good mom, bad mom phenomenon. How can I move towards being an invested mom? Well, that's a great question. And this takes some reflection. I would encourage you to journal about how the good mom, bad mom phenomenon has crept into your thoughts, feelings, and behavior. If you think, I have no idea, here's where you can start. How do I talk to myself when I totally lose it with my teen? What's my self-talk? How do I feel when I hear about a popular cheerleader who just got a DUI? Do you think, well, she must have a bad mom? How do I think of myself as a mom if my daughter is making failing grades? In other words, what is my self-talk when my teen makes a major blunder publicly? Oh no, they're going to think I'm a bad mom. Failure is where the good mom, bad mom self-talk starts to rear its head. So after you've been honest with yourself, it's time to dismantle the armor you wear to protect yourself from judgment. And you do this by self-compassion. You need self-compassion to admit your failings or your teen's failings. Because a fixed mindset is loaded with so much shame and judgment, we will keep denying the truth or hiding the truth from others. When I was thinking about writing Dial Down the Drama, I had to sort through this myself. I thought, who am I to write a book? I'm not perfect. And my daughter's for sure is not perfect. That fixed mindset could have kept me from ever writing Dial Down the Drama. Plus, I thought, I just can't write. But then I realized no one would want to read a book about a perfect author with a perfect daughter. So many moms will tell me, what you wrote was like you were watching me in my living room or in my kitchen. This is not a magical power I possess. It's because I've lived it. I knew I could write the book because I was an invested mom, and I wasn't going to give up on myself or my daughter. The next step towards a growth mindset for an invested mom is to create realistic expectations for both you and your teen. Like I've said a million times, your teen is hardwired for drama with their undeveloped brain. They are wired to make impulsive decisions, do risky things without thinking it through, and they are wired to be emotionally volatile. And yes, that's why it's so hard to parent a teen. But mom, you also need to have realistic expectations for yourself. So many moms around the world feel it's selfish to pay attention to your own needs. 
that you need to take care of your family first. And if there's any time left over, well, maybe you can have a little time for you. Like moms have no needs at all? Newsflash, that's not realistic. You will be a crazy banshee if you don't have your own time to relax, rest, and get sleep and just be a human being. Another way to move towards being an invested mom is to get more support. Mom, you might need more help like getting a housekeeper consistently or help with your teens so that you don't feel you have to be their tutor and homework organizer every day. Another way you can get support is to find a mom coach or therapist who can help you come up with new strategies for living healthy and parenting your teen. See, if you are in the fixed mindset of being a good-slash-bad mom, you try really hard. You put tons of effort in, but the problem is you're not open to finding another way. It's very hard for the fixed mindset to be open that first their way is not working and therefore be open to feedback and new strategies. In the beginning of the podcast, I told you that I was starting my Power Your Parenting program September 27th. Literally, this is for a small group of moms, usually around 15, but 20 at the most. It will fill up. I keep the group small because we really get to know each other over the next seven weeks. Moms are so relieved to be able to tell their truth and see that they are not alone. And because these awesome moms are open and teachable, I am able to coach them with new strategies that help them experience a relationship with their teen they didn't think was possible and start enjoying their own life again. Again, if you're interested, email me at colleen at dialdownthedrama.com or email me through my website and tell me why you are interested. And then I'll send you the link and details to sign up. To sum up, a growth mindset thinks in terms of not yet or until now. What I love about this is that you don't deny any truth, but you stay optimistic. Here are some examples. I haven't been able to do well on a test yet. I haven't been able to stand in front of people and speak yet. I haven't been able to find a really good friend yet. Or you can add an until now to the end of the sentence. I haven't been able to do math until now. I've never found a decent man to date until now. I've never found a satisfying job until now. I've never been able to lose weight until now. And maybe you haven't experienced it yet, but just adding until now on the end of a sentence gives you a little bit of hope that your life can change. And that, my friends, is a growth mindset. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and give Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere, You can find that and order it online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And you can always find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, two L's and two E's. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.